Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. I am hardly unique in this, that I am absolutely fascinated and have been since I was a boy with the life of King David. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. I'm in a series now on the life and leadership of King David. And if you've missed the previous episodes, go back and listen to those. But this one today is very, very important, and I'm so glad that you've joined me. It's sort of like the old serials they used to show in the movies, in the old black and white movie days, where they say, when we left our hero, so I'll say, when we left our hero, King David, this is where he was. He had just defeated Goliath. Now, there was a reward that was offered for whoever defeated the terrible Philistine giant Goliath from Gath. And those rewards, uh, among those rewards were these. His family, whoever that is, his greater household, would be what was called free in Israel. That meant free of two things, tax-free, that family would never be taxed, and the sons would never have to serve in the army. So it was a huge perk. Secondly, the winner of that battle with Goliath was promised to marry the king's daughter. The assumption would have been the oldest daughter, the first daughter, the, the premier princess, if you will. So David wins, and now the rewards should come to him. This is a very important moment. Now, listen to what I'm going to teach you. Just because you've done the right thing, just because you've listened to God, served well, succeeded, and achieved, doesn't mean everybody's going to love you for it. I, I think this is one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn as a young person, that there are some people that will envy your success, and, and you've never done anything to them, you haven't ever hurt them, and, and you have no idea that they don't like you and trust you. You, you can't believe it. You don't know that. I just want to, I'm not trying to discourage you or, or sound cynical to you, but I just want to tell you there are some people that the more successful you become, the more suspicious of you they will become. I heard a famous man lecture one time, a man that I love and admire, and I, it's the only thing he ever said that I disagreed with. But I was sitting there listening to him, and he said this, and I thought to myself, that's not right. He said, the most hated man in town is the man who used to be rich, and he's lost it all, and now he's poor. And I thought, that's not true. The most hated man in town is the guy who used to be poor and is now rich. Envy is one of the most negative forces in the human experience. And when you combine envy with suspicion, now it's a really toxic force. That is what David encountered. He had struggled with envy as a small boy, even in his own household. His brothers envied him. With the death of Goliath, their envy was probably ameliorated, and if not erased completely, at least they saw that the hand of God was on him. There was, they, they saw that David was unique in their family, and later they all served him. But at least with the death of Goliath, 
they saw that the hand of God was on David. But the greater negative force in David's life now shifts to Saul, the current king of Israel. When David kills Goliath, Saul has promised that whoever won that battle would marry his daughter. That obviously would have meant Mirab, the oldest daughter, the the first princess, if you will. But Saul gives her to someone else, perhaps hoping that David will be insulted and leave. So Saul now sends an emissaries to David, and they say, Saul is going to give you his second daughter, Michael. And he's hoping that David will be insulted, get his back up, you know, say, oh, if I don't get the, the right girl, I'm out of here, something. Instead, David responds with great grace and humility. He says, who am I? Who am I? I'm just a, I'm just a shepherd boy. Who am I that I should marry the king's daughter, be a part of the royal palace? Who, who am I? He responds so humbly. Now you would think that what this does then is that it convinces Saul, this guy is true blue. This guy is great and I can trust him. Instead, it just makes Saul angrier and more suspicious. Again, I just want to tell you, just because someone hates you and and envies you, there may not be anything that you can do to dispel their envy and suspicion and hatred. But you still do the right thing anyway. So David and Michael get married, and now leading up to the marriage, Saul wants to defeat David. So uh, this is how God works. Listen to this. He keeps sending David on suicide missions, keeps sending him out to, uh, on terrible missions. Take this small group of soldiers and go defeat this group of Philistines or whatever, thinking that David will get killed. The more uh, difficult, the higher the opposition that Saul sets David up to, to fight against, David continues winning. So in a way, Saul's suspicious opposition and attempts to get David killed actually increase the legend of David in Israel. So Saul tries to get him killed. Instead, David just gets more and more famous and more and more successful. So there's a great lesson in this. When your enemies behind the scenes are trying to pull the trap door for you to fall in, then you need to stay calm and remember that God says, he that diggeth a pit shall fall therein. Saul tries to defeat David by setting him up to fail, but God uses that to set him up to succeed. And David's um, status in Israel becomes legendary. Now the women at the marketplace and around the water fountain and all of there, they're making up songs about David. Well, Saul hears one of these songs. As he comes back into town one day from one of his raids, he hears the women singing, and he likes the first verse, Saul has slain his thousands. And Saul says, okay, I like this song. And then they sing, and David his tens of thousands. And Saul's envy and suspicion and paranoia jumped to hyperspeed. All Saul had to do was take credit for David. You have an employee, you have an associate who is successful, who's talented, who's capable. Then what you want to do is say, look, 
I was smart enough to hire this Cracker Jack. I was smart enough to bring this person in. Everything he accomplishes, I taught him everything. Hire him, take credit for his success, put your arm around him, shine your light on him or her, and say, I'm proud of this person, and lift them up. As you lift them up, you are lifted up. You show that you are not threatened. You show that you're not suspicious or envious. And it also shows that you have good instincts, that you have good discernment. Saul had his discernment about who David was, was corrupted by his envy and suspicion and paranoia. If he could have said, David is true blue, he's, he is a faithful, loyal servant, and I am grateful that he works for me, it wouldn't have lowered Saul in the people's eyes. It would have raised him. If you are threatened by your own employees or followers, it makes you as a leader shrink in people's eyes. If you are a great leader over great followers, then you are lifted up and raised in people's eyes. Saul missed one of the great opportunities because of his fear and suspicion, paranoia, and envy, a toxic cocktail for leadership. So David marries Michael, and Saul is seething. It's continuing to just eat at him. He, he, he just hates this, uh, this young son-in-law and this young warrior, and, and he, it's bubbling just inside of him. And so one time in the, in the principal throne room there, all the soldiers and knights and people are sitting around, and David is singing and playing his guitar and everything, and Saul is watching him, and he just suddenly he just, he just breaks. He can't control himself anymore. And he grabs a javelin, a spear, and hurls it across the room at David. David just dodges, and it embeds in the wall right at David's head. And David, of course, obviously has to flee. He's, he has to get out of there. The, the, the moment of Saul's anger just erupts. David goes to his house, and he tells his wife, Michael, your father's going to kill me. And Michael says to David, let me help you escape. Their house becomes surrounded by Saul's secret police. They're going to capture him, and Michael helps David escape. She hides a, a fake body uh, that she makes out of blankets and things like that and hides it in the bedroll and lowers David out of a back window, and he escapes. And David eludes Saul's capture that night. But that begins a time of David's loneliness and and his his deepest and darkest time, one of the one of the deepest and darkest times of David's whole life. He he has to flee alone from the presence of his family and of his nation and of the people who have loved and admired him. Now, what do we learn from this? Now listen to this. When those moments come where the people who should love you and admire you and lift you up turn against you, don't fight them. David never lifts his hand against Saul. When Saul is unworthy, David is still loyal. When Saul is suspicious and envious and paranoid, David is faithful. He has multiple opportunities to kill Saul, and David refuses. David says, promotion cometh from the Lord. I will wait if I have to wait in the desert, if I have to wait alone, if I have to wait in isolation, if I have to wait in apparent failure 
I know that my ultimate success comes from God. If you can learn that lesson early on, I'm not going to become as angry and suspicious and paranoid as the people that are angry and suspicious and paranoid about me. I'm not going to live in envy because other people envy me. I will remain calm, faithful, loyal, and let God sustain me in the lonely time. Next week on The Leader's Notebook, we're going to deal with David in this season of his life. And there's much to learn. I hope you'll join me. Let me tell you about how to receive the book, David the Great. If you'll go to drmarkrutland.com and click on the store, enter the promo code NOTEBOOK2020. I want you to have this book. In fact, I want you to have any of the products that we have at the store there. It's October. It's time to start doing your Christmas shopping. And I want you to do it all at drmarkrutland.com. I've asked my office to give you 40% off on the entire purchase. Everything you get in your cart between now and December the 15th. So I hope that you'll load up. But especially, I want you to get David the Great. Especially for the men that you love and care about. This is a man's book about a man's man. There are a lot of other things there. I hope you'll get those as well. But get David the Great as many copies as you want and get as many other things as you want for 40% off, including free shipping. And I hope you enjoy the book. I hope that you're enjoying this series here on The Leader's Notebook. God bless you. Glad that you're joining me. This is Mark Rutland. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.